I have a, uh, a 13-year-old son, as many of you know, and his name is Caleb. And we, we've gotten into the world of um, texting. And so my son came to me and said, Dad, uh, could I start uh, texting? I thought, you know, it's, a, it's about time. Uh, so I went down to the Sprint store. And uh, I talked to the Sprint guy. I said, you know, I want to start getting into this a little bit. And my son has these friends, and they text. And so I want to I get him some minutes. And he said, well, you can get 100 minutes, or you can get 300 minutes, or you can get unlimited minutes. And I'm all 300. That'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, see, you could have told me. So we got that following bill, and I won't even mention what it was. And uh, yeah, 300 minutes is not enough, by the way, for you families coming into that. Uh, so here's what de- the deal. The 300 minutes didn't work, and the bill was insane following that. And then we, we decided, well, you know, we just have to, get, we have to do the unlimited. There, there's no really other choice. And so we do the unlimited, and... Uh, and every, every minute or so, you know, his phone is vibrating. That's a quick text back and forth. And, and uh, so we get the following month, we get the, it's labeled out how many minutes, you know, are used. And this is no joke. So his first month of texting, uh, how many actual uh, texts that were done? Uh, 5,972 texts. Uh, which for a lot of you, I know, is like nothing, you know. <laughs> but, but here's the thing that caught my attention. 5,972 texts back and forth. And then next, the next line was uh, voice-to-voice conversations. No joke. Two. <laughs> Two. One of the great privileges that we have in the body of Christ as God is, is fitting us together. Like he says, chiseling us away and working us together. One of the great joys that we have is that we get to come into the presence of the holy in prayer, in communication, in conversation with our Lord. And I don't want us to get into the habit in this modern day of texting Jesus all the time. But that we have the privilege of entering in and soaking in and and talking to in conversation with the Lord of the universe who allowed us through the cross to enter into his presence with, with freedom and with confidence. And Paul knows, as he has an incredible heart for the Ephesians, what a privilege it is. And what a joy it is, and all that God is doing in the, in the middle of the church. And how he has been on his knees for these dear Ephesians. And we're going to look at verse 14 and go from there, of chapter 3. 
For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit to your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with the saints, to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge or understanding. And that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all of the generations, forever and ever. Amen. That's a spirit-led prayer, isn't it? It's a prayer that is full of passion. It's a prayer that is led by the Lord for the dear church, the dear saints. Paul went into the presence of the Father and he heard from the Father his heart. And he heard from the Father and labeled and listed out for the Father his desire for the church. Part of our riches of salvation is the fact that that we can come before the Lord in prayer. We can have conversation. I think part of the joy, as Mark prayed this morning for the dear saints in this body, part of the joy is that we get to enter in with each other. That is really the work that God does as we're as we're fitted together, as we learn to, as we learn to love each other. I wanted you just to think for a minute. But who are you praying for right now? Who's God placed on your heart? And if there's no one there at the moment, like always, in all things, through the power of the Spirit, we say, Lord, stir me up in my heart. Not only that I'm praying for those who don't know you, but I'm just praying for my dear brothers and sisters in Christ as they're hurting, as they struggle. I'm praying with them in their joy. I rejoice with them. Who are you praying for? Ask the Lord this week, Lord, remind me, bring things to mind. You know, we're forgetful people, aren't we? We get going throughout our weeks. And as Adrian was talking about waiting, sometimes we just need to wait and have the Lord remind us of what's going on in our community. We're blessed in this body. I hope you know that. We're blessed to have each other. I feel blessed anyway. I hope you do. We have a good body here, a body that I think really loves each other. Even in our weakness and our brokenness, and and we fail each other sometimes, but I think we're striving to love each other. Let's do that in prayer. And then God will move our hearts to come alongside. It's the joy of seeing the Spirit work through us. Faithful prayer of the saints is powerful. Paul is summing up. He says, for this reason, 
I kneel before the Father. Basically saying, for this reason, since you are God's dwelling on this earth, since you have been made alive in Jesus Christ, since you are God's workmanship, since you are part of his family, I bow on my knees in prayer. Look at his position. It's a kneeling position. And that's a place of, it's a place of humility. But it's also, as we see throughout the scriptures, and as you, as you study prayer of the great saints who went before us, and when you find them in a posture of kneeling before the Lord, not only humility, but it's, it's incredible fervency. It's, it's an amazing passion. It's, it's like a parent who is by the bedside of their child in the hospital. That's how Paul is praying for the saints in Ephesus. And how we can pray for one another. Again, coming into the presence of the holy with confidence, with freedom, because of all that he has done. I kneel before the Father, for who the whole family in heaven on earth and on earth derives its name. He's the Father of all believers, all who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. We have become part of his family. We are adopted in, he tells us in Ephesians 1. We are beautiful children to him, and I, and I hope you always recognize your identity in Christ. And for you parents, and the amazing love you have for your children, that the Spirit would continue to minister that to you, that that love that we have for our children is expanded a millionfold in the love that God has for us as, as children of His. We are part of His family. And we've been taken in. And we get to rejoice in that. And that freedom and that joy and, and all the blessing that comes with that. Our new identity in Christ Jesus. One of the things I think of in having, being part of God's family is I think, you know, that, that Thanksgiving banquet table in the kingdom of God is going to be a big banquet table, isn't it? And all of us sitting there together praising God together with thankful spirits that we are part of the family together. Saved, given life, given hope, given joy, being filled with Him, receiving all spiritual blessings. And we're all going to be at that Thanksgiving table and we're all going to have our little turkey hands that we cut out. And we're going to sit around and say, this is why I'm so thankful that I'm part of this family. Do you understand who we are? Paul reminds us we're part of that family of the Lord. And he prays for us, and he prays for us fervently. He prays for us with incredible passion. Again, look at the prayer. I pray, verse 16, that out of his glorious riches, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. The actual translation is, I pray that according to his riches, not out of his riches, it's different, isn't it? 
Out of could be, if, if there was a gazillion dollars and you, you were given gifts out of that, it could be any amount whatsoever. It could be from small to big. But when you are strengthened by the riches and blessed by the riches of God according to His riches, it's in measure. It's in line with. And here's, here's what the Lord says through Paul. I've given you every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. You have it all. That's what I have. Everything that I am, I've poured out to you. Paul recognizes that. And what he's trying to help the saints and what he's trying to help us to understand is that you have been given every spiritual blessing and out of those riches, according to those riches, would you be blessed and filled full? Would you understand who the Lord is? Would you see what the riches are that He has given you? Again, we're forgetful people. He has chose us in Him. We are adopted as sons, as daughters. Can't be kicked out of this family. We have redemption. We have been taught. We have an inheritance. We are seated with Him. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit. And the Scriptures go on and on about all our blessings and the riches of the Lord. Here's what Paul isn't praying. He isn't praying that you'll get these riches, all of these beautiful spiritual blessings. He's saying you already have them. That's something that we cannot forget. We already have received these things. Through the love of Jesus Christ, We already have received our adoption, our inheritance. We're already seated with Him. We're sealed in the Spirit. We already have these according to His riches. But what He's saying now is, I want you to be strengthened out of what God has given you. Basically, He's saying, this Christian life, as you are learning to follow Me, I want you now to live it out. It's been poured into you. It's available to you. The resources are immeasurable. And so now, live out of the resources of the Lord Jesus. And you can be strengthened with His power because of all that He has given to us. Thank God that He sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross for us and who rose again from the dead And that resurrection power has been poured out into the saints who would believe upon Him. He wants you to live it out. It's not just about head knowledge. You know, a lot of us have been in the faith for a long time. And we do. We have a lot up here. We know a lot about God. And I think what Paul's trying to stir up, and I I think what he's trying to speak to us, is... Let's just not walk out of this room with some more head knowledge that God loves us. Through the power of the Spirit, let the Lord minister to you and let it pour out into your heart, into your spirit, that we would be strengthened 
by all of his resources that he's given us. And that we might be reminded that we're dear children of God. That's the beautiful blessing. That's a beautiful prayer. The Lord has given us it all. He says, I want you to be strengthened. Basically, he's saying, I want you to be shown mighty. I want it to be manifest in your life. It's, It's not only that you are strengthened, but actually that it exudes out of your being that I'm living it out. And you know what happens when, when we live in the strength of the Lord? Then those around you, at your workplace, your family, in this body, as they see you strengthened by the Lord, as we saw our brother Mike, right? This guy is a, is a great example, a great testimony for us, as he lived only in the strength of the Lord. His body was failing him. That's only the strength of the Lord that came through him. And so what he ministered to me and what I know he ministered to many of you is I, I'm, I'm living out what I say I believed in all the time and I know where my resource comes from because my life is Christ. It's not my own. Lived it out. Thank you, dear brother, for that. May you be made mighty with the strength of the Lord with the power of God. Dynamite is the word. May you have the dynamite, that incredible power of God. And it's, it, here's what Paul's saying. It, the deal is, his prayer is, it's, it's only the work that God can do through you. It's not, not the, anything that you can muster up. You cannot develop enough strength. You can't, you can't put on your own and, and, and try to make it happen. This Christian life, when you try to, to make it just work by your own doings, when you're trying to love people just by being nice, you say, no, you can't do that. I want you to be strengthened to the core, and I want Christ's life to live out through you, where you actually you start to really love people. You start to fall in love with the body of Christ. You care deeply for those who are hurting. That's only the power of Christ in you. When, when life is upside down, he's saying, I want you to be strengthened by this reservoir of God's strength that's been already been given to you. And where does it come from? It comes through the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? Here's a reminder of what Jesus said to his disciples as he was about to be taken up and go to the cross. He says, if you love me, John chapter 14, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. Now let me remind you of this. Forever. And what that really means in the original language is forever. Jesus, remember, it's better that I go because I send my Holy Spirit on you. We, we don't live this spiritual life on our own. God has given us every resource, everything to live it out.
that he may be with you forever. And that is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him. But you, dear Cole Community Church, you know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. For how long? Forever. This journey on this earth, he's with us. How are we strengthened? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Paul is praying with fervency as God is chiseling us together as a body of Christ so that we might reflect his glory. He gives us the Spirit. And he reminds us in John 14, Jesus says this, I will not leave you as orphans. Here comes the Spirit. That you might be strengthened to the inner man. This is spiritual. That your spiritual strength would grow. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says this, We do not lose heart, Though the outer man, this flesh of ours, is decaying. And many of us are aware of this. Yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. This is our journey in the Lord. Our spiritual, our inner man, our inner being is being renewed day by day. The nature of God dwells within us there. Paul is saying, I want you to begin to live, and I'm praying to God with fervency that you'll start to understand all that I taught you, and that's not just for your head, but it's now to live out the life of Christ, and that when life is going upside down and and every which way, and you have no idea what's next, what's coming around the corner, that you would dip into the, the well that goes deep, and that you would drink from the resources of life in Christ Jesus because it's available to us. And so we, we go in prayer before the Lord and we say, Lord, strengthen us. Where do you go as you find out you lost your job? Maybe someone has wounded you deeply this week. Maybe you've lost a beloved in your family. I want you to go and dig deep from the source. I want you to have this life that comes only from Him. Spirit-filled life. Life, as Galatians says, don't be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. That means a life that is controlled by the Spirit of God. And that you allow the Lord to dwell within you. Take up residence is the word. Allow him to come and and to actually, it's kind of to settle down in your life. It's a word that that means down and house. to, To come and be at rest in your home or to be comfortable in your in your home the lord wants to take residence there the scriptures remind us that the flesh kicks against that do you want to have a life that is filled with christ 
then we invite him. He's already in our hearts, but now we let him remain and dwell. We we start to clear out those, those parts of our heart that we hide from him or want to. It's that beautiful My Heart Christ Home. Some of you have that little booklet. And we start to let Christ work in our heart and take up residence. And, and we do this battle with the flesh, but we have resources to, to defeat that and to fight against and to live in the power of the Spirit, to live life. It's a beautiful prayer. As God dwells within us, as Paul reminds us, and learning to, to live out the life of Christ. And I wanted a, a dear friend of mine to, to share. Larry Tingler is his name. And Larry has had just an amazing journey with his wife uh, in the adoption of a child. And has learned to, I think, to live out what this scripture is saying. And so I wanted him to share uh, his story. Larry, come on up. Is the microphone right there? Okay, good morning. Um, Okay, well, um, my name is Larry. My wife and I have been married about 14 years, last four, so we've been here at Cole. Um, We have one son, little Larry, and to have him was really pretty much a a medical marvel. Um, Due to medical reasons, we we simply can't have children without a lot of uh, intense help. Um, And so we were told, no more children. We... uh, struggled with that. There were a lot of tears, uh, a, lot of, a lot of anger towards God, and just frustration. We did not. We both grew up in homes with multiple children. We both thought, we always viewed ourselves. She had dreams of the wedding with the white dress. I had dreams of, you know, 12 sons. It's just how it's going to be. <laughs> um, working in youth ministry really helped that. Um, but God had other plans. Um, when we tried for a second child, we completely uh, blew out our financial resources. We spent everything we had, and it didn't happen. So we, at this point, were pretty, we were well established here at Cole. We were surrounded by an amazing group of friends. I would call them family, um, complete with crazy cousin Corey. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and we said, please pray for us, pray with us, that God would make us content. He's given us one beautiful son. Um, if it's good for Abraham, it's good enough for me. One son it is. So we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed. And it wasn't until late last spring that my wife and I were sitting in our living room having coffee Sunday morning, because that's our, our quiet time together when our son is distracted by whatever it is he's playing on the computer. And she said, I think I'm ready. Um, for what? <laughs> um, I'm ready to trust that the Lord, his best is better than our good. And if one son is all we're to have, I think I'm ready to trust in that. And I said, okay, well, okay, that'll be good. So um, we began to share that with our friends, that we thought we had come to the point where we could be happy and content in the Lord with what he'd given us. At that point, um, just a, 
few weeks later, our good friend Stephanie Schultz, who was probably one of the most courageous women I know, because there's a saying that said, uh, says, uh, a wise and prudent man will speak the truth even if it causes offense, but a, a foolish man in order that it might. Stephanie fears neither king nor judge, and if the Lord tells her to say something or do something, she does it, and she doesn't worry about um, fallout. So she, she came to me one Sunday near that middle door, and she said, hey, you know, are you still open to adoption? I said, well, open? I mean, <laughs> I'm open to, you know, the Democrats putting up someone worth voting for, but what are the chances? <laughs> um, and she said, well, I, I, I have a neighbor. And I said, so do I, Stephanie. I've got lots of them. And she said, but this one has a baby that they are going to put up for adoption. And I said, okay, I'm listening. And she explained that this girl was 15 years old when she got pregnant. Now she's 16 years old. The father's only 17. His mother's been hospitalized for some emotional issues. And he's been working two jobs just to support himself and his sisters, hoping they don't get kicked out of their home. And they would like to put this baby up for adoption. And uh, I told them about you, and they'd like to meet. So I told Tamara, she started like jumping around and I said, well, that's nice, but I'm not sure because there's a lot of financial responsibilities with this. There's the adoption fees, there's medical fees for the mother, medical fees for the baby, if anything, if the baby requires any kind of medical care, um, then there's all the, the legal fees and the court costs. And she said, um, the, you know, the Lord has gone before us and now you're questioning whether or not he can actually deliver the goods. So, you know, not to be outdone by my wife. No. <laughs> it's just, um, okay, this Saturday for breakfast. So we, we called them and we said, well, we'd like to meet, but these are our concerns. And the young woman who's having the baby, who's 16, she, she was given up by her mom at a very young age and had been living with this guardian since she was six years old. So... This guardian, whom we were speaking with, said, well, because she's a ward of the state, all of her medical expenses are being paid by Medicare, so you won't have to pay for any of that. Um, if, if we decide that you are the ones we'd like to have adopt this baby, the attorney will begin to advocate for you with the insurance to make sure that if the baby requires any care, your insurance can pick that up because he will be your child. Um, as far as the... Uh, the, the adoption fees were going private, so there won't be any adoption fees. And as far as legal goes, everyone in our family has put together a trust fund to pay for the legal fees. So you might have to pay some of the court costs, but not all of it. So I said, okay. <laughs> okay. So we met for breakfast. Neat kids. I got to spend some one-on-one -on -one time with the young man. Um, he told me a little bit about his mom, how she had raised him as an, only, as an only parent, and he said, uh, for him, the number one thing, he refused to sign off his parental rights, which would prevent me from us from adopting the baby. He said, I refuse to sign off the parental rights unless I know my child, my son, is going to a family with a father. He said, I grew up without one. He said, I do not want that for my son. So I said, all right, I'm, you know, I'm here. So... Um, they, uh, great meeting, we left, uh, they left the restaurant, they had left, 
and my wife went to use the ladies' room. When she came out, I was looking out the window, and she's like, are we leaving? I said, no, they're arguing out by the car. I don't want to go out there while they're still arguing. I said, if they come in, we'll talk to them, but if, if they don't come in, we're going to stay here until they leave. Later, I found out that after they had left, the young mother and the young father said, that's it. They're the ones. They're the ones we want. Let's go tell them. But the guardian said, no, uh, let's sleep on it. And they said, no, no, we don't need to sleep on it. We know they're the ones. We're in agreement on this. We want them. She said, here's the deal. If they come out, you can tell them. But if they don't come out... <laughs> so we're looking out the window, and they're standing out there waiting for us. It didn't happen. So the next day we get this email, you know, yeah, you're the ones, you're the ones. And so we, we kind of talked about it, and... Um, yeah, they, they, they felt that we were definitely the ones that, that should adopt their baby. The baby came early. He came in only six weeks rather than the full eight. He's only two weeks early, so that wasn't uh, two weeks premature, so that was no big deal. But we were both there. They called us, and uh, I picked up, drove to Meridian, grabbed the dad. I said, meet me in front of uh, um, the Hastings. So he pulls up on his bike, and, and um, I took him to the hospital. When... The baby was born. The doctors and the nurses said, you know, who, uh, you know, they had little gold scissors and they said, okay, who gets to cut the cord? And the birth, the father and the mother and the, you know, they all sort of look over at me and I'm like, <laughs> uh, I wasn't expecting to do that, but that was cool. So I, I got to cut the cord, got to do his footprints. We got to do everything. Then the nurses brought in a cot for my wife and they kept her there that night. They brought the baby to her, so my wife fed the baby the very first time. Um, the baby's very healthy and was wonderful. Both mom and baby were released the very next day, and so we brought him home the next day. Um, three days later, the mom and the father were taken out of county to a judge. They went before the judge together to give up their parental rights. And when the judge asked them if they knew what they were doing, they were both able to confidently say, yes, absolutely, we have found a family that we feel very comfortable with uh, adopting our son. We, we are prepared and willing to sign over parental rights. And so they did that. So at that point, we were legal guardians. And then very short order, our, the attorney pulled some pulled in some favors that were owed to him. We got to go before the judge this last Monday. And from that point forevermore, baby boy is now Hudson James Tingler. And um, it's just an amazing thing. He, we are still in contact with the birth mom. And the way our family and our friends here at Cole, like I said, it's, it is very much a, um, a family and very much a, a community. In the beginning, the church was a family. In the beginning, the church was the family. And uh, in this age, we don't see that very often, but I feel very strongly about it here at Cole. And uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you to my friends and to our family who've been sort of with us through this journey. Thanks. Thank you, brother. Prayer of the saints is powerful, and the body of Christ that's being fitted together is powerful. And what I love about the tinglers is uh, they were trying to learn to be content. 
and then this amazing Lord that we have filled them full of himself as they wrestled and, and trying to think through adoption again. And Paul's prayer finishes with this. I pray that you would have Christ dwell in your hearts and through faith. That's what Larry and Tamara did, learning to, to surrender to the Lord and to trust him to lead their life. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints. I pray that you, being rooted, being strengthened in Christ, and I pray that you, being grounded, that's a, he's giving you the idea of a firm foundation. I want you to have this firm foundation in the love of Christ because it's poured out into you. And I think what Larry and Tamara and all those involved, what they saw, is exactly this. I pray that you would be grounded in that, that the saints together, that you would understand, that you would grasp somehow how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love which surpasses all understanding. How in the world are you going to bring another child into our life? Well, I'm going to use your good friend, Stephanie. And then I'm going to provide all the funds for that. And then I'm going to bring together a mom and dad who just look upon you with incredible favor. And working out all the details. And we go, God, how are you going to do it? We serve a God that surpasses all understanding with his love towards us. And so they received that love of the Father, didn't they? As you and I have in many ways about our Lord. That you would be filled, that means that your cup would overflow to the measure of all the fullness of God. And here's the truth that you need to hold on to. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ever ask or imagine, according to the power that is at work within us, that's our Lord Christ Jesus. And as we listen to Larry's testimony, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I want you to go from this place this morning, uh, truly, not with a bunch of head knowledge, but strengthened by the power of Christ who lives in you, and that through the Lord you would really receive his love and let him just dwell, take up residence in your heart as we grow and, and just fall more in love with our Lord and Savior. We can rejoice that he is born unto us, a Savior is given. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys.